0: You're listening to Comedy Central. May 14, 2018. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. My guest tonight, I'm a huge fan. You know him from Dexter, and he's got a brand new Netflix series, Safe. Michael Seahole is here, everybody. <laughs> but first, if you put on Spotify at your barbecue this weekend, you might have noticed something missing.
1: The Time's Up movement now taking aim at r and singer R. Kelly.
2: The three-time Grammy winner now facing pressure from music streaming services. Spotify, Pandora, and Apple Music, all announcing they would no longer promote Kelly's songs, removing them from their playlists, though fans can still search for them.
0: Yeah, that is the ultimate punishment for R. Kelly, no more streaming. Also, (laughs) note to self, note to self, never go out wearing a bandit mask just in case the news (laughs) needs a photo saying you did something wrong, because people are just gonna assume that you're guilty, right? Even Zorro looks at it and he's like, yeah, he did it, he totally did it. <laughs> and now, I know, I know some R. Kelly fans are angry, saying like, how can they censor R. Kelly? He, he's, he's done nothing wrong. Like, look, hey, he's not censored, right? The playlists just don't recommend him anymore. It's the same way I haven't banned R. Kelly as a babysitter. I just don't recommend him anymore. <laughs> That's all. In other news, over the weekend, President Trump, the R. Kelly of the White House, dropped a tweet. <laughs> that caught a lot of people by surprise.
2: It's another Trump tweet that's causing controversy this morning. President Xi of China and I are working together to give massive Chinese phone company ZTE a way to get back into business fast. Too many jobs in China lost. It comes after the U.S. government penalized the Chinese telecommunications company last month for violating sanctions against North Korea and Iran. The president later feeling the heat from critics taking to Twitter once again. China and the United States are working well together on trade. but be cool, it will all work out. (laughs) Be cool, it will all work out?
0: I like how Trump has adopted the foreign policy strategy of the guy who used to sell me weed, you know? (laughs) But, But let me get this straight, just so I wrap my head around this. Trump is now promising to bring jobs back to China. I love Trump, he's, he's like a gangster rapper. One moment he's beefing with the Chinese, the next he's dropping a collabo with them. It's just like, yeah, we're on the same team, remix. <laughs> and I honestly don't know how these trade negotiations are gonna shake out, but at this rate, I have a feeling that Trump's gonna drop all the tariffs against China, give them everything in exchange for a pair of nunchucks. I did it, folks, I did it. <laughs> Moving on. You may remember that during the presidential campaign, Donald Trump had a number of ambitious goals, like bringing back coal jobs and launching Hillary at the moon. But <laughs> perhaps his most grandiose goal was
2: this. If you're a deal person, right? Mm-hmm. The ultimate deal is that deal. Israel, Palestine, you, you, it, are, are you are gonna make it? That probably is the hardest deal there is to make. If I'm gonna be president, I'd rather be in a position because I will try the best I can, and I'm a very good deal maker, believe me, to try and solve that puzzle. You're not gonna solve it if you're gonna be on one side or another. E- everyone understands that.
0: Now, first of all, first of all, props to Trump for thinking that the ultimate deal is peace in the Middle East and not the number four at McDonald's. That's a step up, I like that. And also, I'm impressed at how confident he was. I bet in his head he was just thinking, all I gotta do is have Michael Cohen pay the Palestinians (laughs) $130,000, and then poof, problem solved. No problem, folks. (laughs) And to be honest, this is one of those issues where part of me was willing to give Trump a chance. I mean, Israel and Palestine have been fighting for 70 years, right? In my head, I was like, what's the worst thing Trump could do? Well, today, he answered that question. (laughs)
2: The Trump administration upending decades of established American policy, officially moving the U.S. Embassy in Israel from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. That added fuel to the fire of weeks of Palestinian protests along the Gaza border. More than 50 Palestinians killed by the Israeli military, more than 2,000 injured. Now, I don't
0: care who you are, I think we can all agree this was a horrible loss of life that sadly anyone could have predicted. The Israelis and the Palestinians both claim Jerusalem as their capital. So America moving its embassy to Jerusalem before even holding peace talks was bound to be a provocative move. And there was a moment where Trump considered not doing it, but not out of concern for the human cost. They said,
2: sir, we're building an embassy in Jerusalem, sir. I said, how much? Something other presidents don't ask, but that's okay. They said, I kid you not. They said, sir, $1 billion. I said, a billion? Do you know what a billion dollars is? So I called David. I would stopped signing, by the way. I had Donald. D-O-N-A-L-D, and then it was like dead ball. And then all of a sudden I stopped, never got to the T, and I started putting X's because I was afraid that somebody could say it was my signature.
0: I love, I love that Trump tried xing out his signature <laughs> like he was voiding a check. <laughs> as if somebody was going to take the executive order out of the White House trash and fill out the rest of his name. Like some kid is gonna use it as his fake ID. Just like, sorry, buddy, you gotta be 21. That's no way to talk to the president of the United <laughs> States. I'm so sorry, Mr. President. I didn't see your signature right this way. <laughs> So Trump was against it, but then once the president figured out a low cost way to destabilize the Middle East, he went ahead and moved the embassy. (laughs) And as angry as the Palestinians are, to many Israelis, Trump is a hero.
2: The Israeli people also celebrating the occasion Trump signs a signal of President Trump's growing popularity in the country.
0: The mayor of Jerusalem has uh, put up an image of the old wall, and it actually shows an animated U.S. flag and Israeli flag. The large soccer club is changing its name to honor the president. The Beitar
2: Jerusalem football club will now be known as Beitar Trump Jerusalem.
0: That's right. Trump has gotten so popular that they're naming an Israeli soccer team after him, which is perfect, because a lot of people don't know this, but that team only won their league because James Comey stepped in and tripped a player on the opposing team. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone was confused. They were like, what is James Comey doing here? They're like, I don't know, Trevor needed him for the joke. (laughs) And here's the thing, if Trump wants to take Israel's side, that's his prerogative but at least be honest about it, right? Instead of stoking the flames at the same time,
2: you're saying this. Our greatest hope is for peace. The United States remains fully committed to facilitating a lasting peace agreement.
0: If you're Palestinian, you probably think that statement is absolute bullshit. And I can understand why. Because essentially, although America says it's the referee, it's basically just shown up to game two in a Cavs jersey. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna be totally fair. Right, LeBron? Wink, wink. (laughs) We'll be right back. (laughs) Welcome back to The Daily Show. Last week, the Trump administration announced a new policy to deter illegal immigration. If any families are caught entering illegally from Mexico, Border Patrol will take the children away from their parents indefinitely, which is a horrible proposal and a great plot for the Mexican reboots of Taken. Just be like, I have a particular set of skills. I will find you and I will kill you. But first I need you to approve my visa. Then I'm coming for you, man. But over the weekend, Trump's chief of staff and Caucasian Grinch, John Kelly, went to an NPR and immigration policy came up and this is what he had to say.
1: Let me step back. and and tell you that the vast majority of the people that move illegally into the United States are not bad people. They're not criminals. They're not MS-13.
0: Wow. Now, I'm not gonna lie. It's nice to hear someone in the administration, especially Trump's top guy, say Mexicans aren't all criminals. But any compliment that weak is always a little suspicious. You know, if a parent-teacher conference started that way, you'd know that something crappy was coming. (laughs) The teacher was like... uh, now, let's, let's step back for a second. Your son, Timmy, isn't in MS-13, <laughs> however. So, look, if John Kelly stopped there, that would have been fine. I could go home early, but you've all seen the show and you know how this works, so <laughs> let's hear the rest.
1: They're not criminals, they're not MS-13. But they're also not people that would easily assimilate into the United States. They're uh, overwhelmingly rural people in the countries they come from. Fourth, fifth, sixth grade educations are kind of the norm. Uh, they're coming here for a reason, and I sympathize with the reason. But the laws are the laws.
0: Okay, okay. So they're not bad people. They're just not the right people, right? I mean, don't get me wrong, overwhelmingly rural is fine as a title for a Kenny Chesney album, but <laughs> not as criteria for immigrants. And it, it's weird to me, here's the thing, it's weird to me that Kelly starts out, <laughs> Kelly starts out talking about the law and then he's suddenly talking about the people. Cause here's the thing, if the laws are the laws, it shouldn't matter whether the people breaking them are overwhelmingly rural or not. right? Kelly's showing his hand here. It's basically like telling someone that they're not invited to your party because you know they wouldn't enjoy it. And then after that, immediately saying, it's really more for people who don't smell that way. (laughs) You gave away your game. (laughs) But look, anti-immigration rhetoric is nothing new, If you know anything about the story of America, it's, this is it. it. The story of America is immigrants coming to a new land, and then once they arrive, trying to stop more immigrants from coming to that same land, which is crazy. It would be like if the ant man joined the Avengers and then he was like, guys, guys, I think it's enough now. I think it's enough. Yeah, yeah, I think we've got enough Avengers, am I right? Yeah, we just needed an ant. Now we have an ant, we're good. We're good, no more Avengers, no more. What about your wasp friend? Okay, my wasp can come in, my wasp can come in, but then that's it, no more Avengers. Yeah, I need something to ride. come on now. America has always had these attitudes about immigrants. A hundred odd years ago, the Irish showed up in America unexpectedly like a U2 album on your iPhone. And (laughs) back then, back then America started freaking out. People put up signs that said no Irish. They even drew cartoons depicting the Irish as apes. Yeah, which is disgusting for two reasons. One, because it's offensive to Irish people and two, because it's just lazy. You can't take the thing you call black people and use it on the Irish. (laughs) racist appropriation. (laughs) That's is lazy. And, And it wasn't just the Irish. In America's history, all sorts of foreigners were said to be destroying the country. Chinese people, Russians, Germans, Italians, and the lines were the same. They're bringing crime, they're bringing rapists. In fact, back in the day, Americans thought of Italy as the shithole country. Which, look, I understand. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been there, but I've been, and the streets are flooded, the buildings are falling apart. I (laughs) I felt like I was on a UNICEF tour. I was like, come on, man. (laughs) But the truth is, though, the truth is, Italian-Americans, just like other groups that came here, they did assimilate. Every group can assimilate. They learned skills, they made Rocky, they became valued members of society. And are there bad apples? Of course there are bad apples, but that doesn't mean we should label all of them. We don't have to label all of them. The point is, even uneducated immigrants can make America great. And you know what, here's a great example. An Italian day laborer named John DeMarco. He lived in America for 47 years without becoming a citizen. He was illiterate, and he spoke no English. But his great-grandson went on to become a top Marine Corps general and then even became the White House chief of staff. (laughs) So you see, folks, if it weren't for immigration, there would be no John Kelly. And without John Kelly, the White House would be in chaos. (laughs) I've just unproved my (laughs) points.
2: We'll be right back.
0: Our guest tonight is a Golden Globe Award-winning actor, and you know him from Dexter and Six Feet Under. He's currently starring in the new Netflix series, Safe. Please welcome Michael C. Hall.
1: Thank you, thank you.
0: I I know it must get irritating, but there are so many actors who have a role that is tied to their face. You know, Idris Elba is always going to have Stringer Bell. Daniel Radcliffe's always going to have Harry Potter. You are always going to have Dexter looming over you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you you sometimes, like, want to give people the Dexter-I'm-going-to-kill-you look when they say (laughs) it's Dexter?
1: Uh, Well, sometimes they ask me to give them that look, and I'm like, I'm actually already giving it to you. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's like it's like it's just my face right cuz you never you never know what he's thinking. Like, I, I feel like I wouldn't trust you in real life. I would have to get to know you. Yep. I would have... Because, like, Dexter does the same. He's a nice guy in person, and then everyone around him is like, this guy's cool. He should be here. We <laughs> should give him a butter knife. No, you shouldn't. Right, right. Um, so, so you have this character that 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 has become synonymous with your face for so long. Uh, what do you do after that? Like, do you, do you go, like, I'm actively going to try and play roles that are different, or do you just embrace it and then move on?
1: I, I mean, you know, if somebody sends me a script and the guy's, like, a serial-killing funeral director, I'm probably not going to want to do it. <laughs> but, but you know, I don't shy away from it either. Either I mean, the first job I did after Dexter was a movie, and in the first scene, I killed someone. But I did it accidentally.
0: So, <laughs> so you know,
1: baby steps. Right,
0: I like that you're, you're weaning yourself off the murders, yes. like, slowly. Yeah. And in this one, someone dies around me. Look at that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't do it. <laughs> And next one do it. Someone gets really hurt. This is good. We're progressing. Yeah, yeah. This is nice. Well, you're in a new show. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's called Safe. Uh, let's take a look at the clip.
2: And are with you and with our sister forever. We ask this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
1: Sorry. Yeah, right. Wow. Case in point.
0: Wow. Wow. (laughs) Now, hilarious. Now, I know, I know most people will be thinking of Trump and Melania when she slapped his hand, but... But we try to be topical right but but tell us what that scene was about, and loosely what the story's about. Don't give anything away though
1: okay, well, that's a scene. those are Tom, the character I play, those are his two daughters right. one's twelve, the younger one, and the other's sixteen. He's recently widowed six me six months is sort of a flashback that scene and uh You know, he's a pediatric surgeon, he's really good at his job, but at home he's completely out of his depth. He's uh, having trouble as a single father, and the, the story kicks off with his oldest daughter going missing, and it's very much about him figuring out what happened.
0: What takes everything in a direction that people don't expect, though, is the town where this is happening. It's not a normal, gated community. It seems like everybody has a secret. It's like, when you watch the first episode, you're like, oh, okay, this seems normal. And then very quickly, you're like, no, this is not normal. Yeah, what's What's
1: really fun about the show is that at any point in time any given character in the show could conceivably have been the one who did the deed. Right. You know? And uh, also, these people are living in a gated community to try to keep the danger out. The irony is that it emerges from within. Right, you know? right, right. So there's a, maybe a metaphor about walls and things like that <laughs> happening. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the... Is that about you know, the Great Wall?
0: The Great Wall? Yeah, yeah. Which no, wall?
1: Yeah. The, the Great Wall of China. The Great Wall, yeah, wall you're of China. Right. You're on I'm the on money. the same page, yeah, yeah.
0: man. I'm on the same page. You, you, you know what was fascinating for me was the fact that you also played a British person. And this is something I don't see often, and I don't know if right. anybody notices it, but you see a ton of British actors in Hollywood right now, mm-hmm. and you don't see many American actors getting to play British roles. Was this, like, you trying to, like, reverse invade? Was that what was yeah, going yeah. on?
1: Yeah, I'm turning the tables on that right. trend. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I mean, you'll see, like, a Western, and it's all British and Australian guys. Right. Um, But it doesn't happen as often that America... I mean, I guess people, you know, come to America, that's where, you know, you want to go... Uh, to to really make it, as right. they say. You know, what, and, uh... you know what
0: I heard funny enough is I heard that, like a lot of directors said, for them, it's because the people are not recognizable. So you get this British actor who's acted forever, right. so they have the experience of someone who's done it forever, but nobody knows who they are. Right, right. And so when they pop up... But you you did something completely different. You went like, no... I'm gonna go from America to yeah. like. Do British people know Dexter? Is that what
1: it is? British people do know Dexter, but British people are totally cool with the phenomenon of uh, an actor doing a British accent. You know, oh, they're like, I thought they're, you are like gonna say they're cool with like serial killers. I was like,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: That sounded like you're gonna be like, yeah. but they're totally cool with that type yeah. of thing. They're yeah. Like at some point, yeah, Dexter's has to like go. it's in us. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> Dexter is
1: like the British friends. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs>
0: Yeah, right. So you're playing the role. You're playing it in Manchester. Did you did you have to practice? Was that a Manchester accent that you had? It wasn't.
1: They didn't want us to have um, noticeably northern accents. Right. Um,
0: So it's more of a. Home Counties accent. How do, you, how do you practice that without, like, mocking? Because I know, like, my mm. default is right. I would start seriously in the scene. So I'd be like, what has happened to my child? She has gone and fallen <laughs> off the bridge. My child has Unside fallen. Considue yourself at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah,
1: it's, that's the key to sound, to sound not like, you know, uh, a, a stereotypical Cockney thing or a really posh thing, but right. actually a living, breathing everyday British person, you know, that was uh, the challenge.
0: And that, my friend, is why you get paid the big bucks. Thank you so much for being here. (laughs) Sure. is available on Netflix. Michael C. everybody. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com, And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for exclusive content
2: and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.